DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time now to talk youth football with Nick Ford. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial properties, water costs. Call 877-346-3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, was it as good as you thought it was going to be? You dreamed of winning a Pac-12 title. Now you've done it. Did it measure up to your expectations? Almost definitely. That's about it. (laughs) <laughs> I saw you on the field prancing around like a show dog. Uh, I mean, that just had to be something, especially for you, a kid who grew up in the area, to know that you were going to play in the Rose Bowl. When you committed to Utah, how much did you realistically think that that was a possibility? Um, I'm not even too sure. I knew, I knew that just, I, you know, I want to come out here with a couple of the boys and, you know, just do the best that we could do and, you know, become the best team that we can and, you know, that ultimate match where we are. So, I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, an intentional thing from the very start, but as I learned the culture here, the program, and the history of how we never won the Pac-12 with a Rose Bowl, that became pretty much the ultimate goal for me and a couple of boys who came in 2017. So during the game, when did, when did you know you had the Ducks? Did you know when you were watching film? Did you know when you converted fourth and one? You went up 7-0, the pick six. Was there some point later in the game where you thought, yep, it's over, we got them? Uh, I want to say I didn't really feel that way until after the game because I don't, I don't really want to feel that way because, you know, there's always things that can happen. But as the game continued on, there's definitely things where it's like, okay, we got the first uh, fourth and one. Okay, we got the first touchdown. Okay, we got the pick six. Okay, we got this touchdown, you know. And this momentum kept rolling. That's kind of where I started saying, oh, yeah. But, I mean, even from the very start when Kelly started returning that kickoff, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. How about the fan base? You know, I covered the Fiesta Bowl in 04, and it was just amazing. Sugar Bowl was pretty good, but I thought the fan turnout was absolutely exceptional, and it really, to me, sitting in the press box, did feel like a home game. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we got there for warm-ups, we see everyone, it's like, dang, it's, it's, it's a lot of red up there. Yeah. I forgot what the DJ was saying. It's talking about, or he makes some noise, you hear him yell, you're like, okay, that's kind of loud. You talk, make some noise. You talk down the crowd. I was like, oh my God, this is not, this is not a normal road game. And then we came out for the game, and it was even worse than that. And I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. So a lot was made of the fact, well, it's 13 days later. What can you really change? And I had people who know a lot more football than me saying, well, Utah had a massive advantage in tight ends, and there's nothing Oregon is going to do to solve that problem in 13 days. From your perspective in the line, was it any different? Did they solve any of the problems? Did you have to adjust? or did you just? It looked like you just picked up where you left off, but maybe it wasn't that simple. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, we knew that they were going to sell out and stop the run, and that's why, you know, it was a little shaky at the start of the game, and uh, that's our style of football. You know, we, we'll start off the game, and maybe it's a two, three-yard run every time, but eventually we wind up breaking out for big runs. And if you want to stack the box, then you've got a lot of tight ends that can kill you and a lot of receivers that can kill you. So, I mean, if you watch the game, there's at times, you know, I, I'd say the entire game is at least – seven people around the box and then even there's that times where it got up to about 10 people and um that's just a part of you know being a good running program once you start running like that they're going to start stacking the box and then once they start stacking the box then you can go ahead and start taking advantage of some of your athletes 
The way I look at it going forward with the Rose Bowl is I, from the youth perspective, I wanted Ohio State because they are the highest ranked team that you could possibly play in that game. So at this point, why not compete with the best to prove once and for all that you guys really are one of the best? How do you look at it? Uh, same way. I mean, but we got to prepare the same exact way that we've been preparing. Um, they're a good program for sure. They got a lot of reputation. They got a lot of good athletes over there. Um, the same thing like Oregon, even when they're, you know, we're the number three seeded team in the country. Um, we've got to go out there, have the same mindset that we've been having for the entire season. Uh, work hard, don't work too much to where you get burnt out, and don't work too little to where, you know, you become lazy and complacent, and then uh, just go from there and play the game like it's meant to be played. Have you watched a lot of Ohio State this year with you guys playing late and them often playing early? Is that something you do to kill time, or is this uh, you're going to have to watch film because you don't know anything about them because they're playing on the other side of the country? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, we've seen them. Uh, you know, we hang out, watch games or whatnot, but uh, I wouldn't say we've seen them enough to digest uh, exactly everything. I'm sure there's some of the coaches that have uh, as they expected this matchup, but uh, for me personally, you know, uh, I've seen them. I know what their personnel looks like. I know their size and everything, um, but I'm more or less you know, if I watch football, it's, um, you know, watching their football and whatnot, I, I, I look at it the same way um, on TV, but then when you watch film, it's more of a study session. What is the schedule going to be like now for the next couple of weeks? Uh, I'm not sure. We're going in today at 3 o'clock, and then uh, we're going to find out uh, what we're going to do, and that's pretty much it. Get rolling from there. So did you really just get to enjoy this over the weekend? You told us you were going to have a lot of people up from L.A. and Vegas, and Kyle in his uh, telephone teleconference yesterday said that the team hadn't met as a group and wasn't until this afternoon, so just get time to hang out with people? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my family even drove up here, and they're up here for a little while, so you know, it's been pretty good to you know, spend some time with them and you know, relax a little bit. And Yeah, it's just been really fun. And then, have you already been hit up as far as uh, who wants tickets to the Rose Bowl? No, that's not even a question. Come on, <laughs> yeah, it's already going crazy. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering uh, how many uh, does uh, what allotment do the players get? I believe it's going to be six again. That's what I would assume. I hope so. I hope it's more, maybe. <laughs> So when you look back at this uh, season and how you got where you are, if somebody said, how did this happen? Why did Utah win the Pac-12 this year and not in other years when they had a chance to win the division and they didn't? Or the two times they won the division and lost the conference title game. What's the difference? Um, you know, some people um, you know, believe it's you know, the hard work that we put in on, on the field and whatnot. Other people you know, will believe that we've been playing with uh, – 12, uh, 12 players on offense, 12 players on defense with Ty and Alo, and um, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I feel like, you know, Ty and Alo have become a catalyst for our, you know, our work ethic. Uh, we already have had a good work ethic, but I feel like they've become a, a catalyst and become, you know, something that we look look for on those hard days and those certain players, you know, who necessarily didn't, um, you know, I don't even say buy-in, but those, like, we needed an extra push. You know, Alon and Ty were there for them. And also just the culture, um, the leaders who came back, uh, the leaders that, you know, developed in the year. Um, it's just a combination of a lot of things. And I think that's what ultimately pushed us past that little bump in the room. 
As I look at your season, I think the turning point was halftime against ASU when you were down by 14 uh, at that point, and then you came out and dominated in the second half, and you've really been rolling since. As you look back, would you agree that was the turning point? Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, I, I like I have a really good memory, but when it comes to football, I go I go short. Uh, you know, I, I go ahead and forget about the game and you know move on to the next game because that's how we've been coached. Uh, so I would have to go look at the film to be honest. Uh, I remember, you know. Uh, fundamentals and techniques that needed to be learned from that game, but I don't really remember the game as a whole. Um, so that's that's what I would say about that. I, you know, I definitely remember the lessons to learn from that game, but I wouldn't remember the game itself. Well, Kyle would definitely appreciate that, that you take a game, learn from it, and then just move on, win or lose. I'm sure he's been preaching that and all the assistants have been preaching that. So knowing that that's largely how it works for you, are there any exceptions? Is there stuff like, oh, I definitely remember this about this game. Oh yeah, no, there, there's definitely exceptions. I would say, you know, the Pac-12 championship. This is for sure. I mean, all three of them. I, I remember almost every single play. Um, there's a couple games this season. You know, like the SC game. That's a little bit more memorable and stuff like that. And um, and and in every game, there are a few plays that stick out to you. Um, but yeah, but I, I if it's the bigger games, like you know, the one that we just played then uh, you definitely remember basically the entire game. You're a thinking man, Nick. I think you've proven that throughout your time at Utah. And going to the Rose Bowl is absolutely awesome. I mean, I grew up in Arizona, worked in California, so the Rose Bowl, to me, I've covered it. I've been there as a fan. It is, to me, the best of the best. At the same time, I think your team is obviously a lot better than it was in September. And... I would like to see an opportunity to compete for the grand prize, but with only four teams, I understand why they wouldn't let you in. Uh, Going forward here as you age out of the college system, what would you like to see for a college playoff? Because I think if you had an automatic bid, uh, I like Utah's chances to advance, but you're not going to get that. So what would be and you're on the inside of it what would you think would be the ideal setup for a playoff um i think the expansion would be nice you know i mean there's a lot of talented teams and there's a lot of teams you know we're we're a perfect example of um you know somebody who has a shaky start and then who develops into a team you do not want to see at the end of the season and um that's that's the case for you know a few teams in the country and you know it's sad to say you know there's four Fourteen and get to, uh, so that's that's just how it's been. Um, you know, going on maybe the expanded playoffs will be cool. Um, I know the players would definitely be interested in that. You know, especially since there's some downtime in January. There's a little bit downtime every now and again. And I mean, we're already in pads with winter, uh, winter football, uh, spring ball, and all that stuff. So I mean, I mean, it's not going to be too much of a difference. Um, and you know, in terms of you know financial ability and stuff, I'm pretty sure universities can afford it. And not only that, it'd bring in more revenue for those universities playing the next couple games. So, you know, I think it would be awesome. I think it'd give more people opportunity. I think it'd be uh, financially beneficial for universities and the conferences. And I also think that it, you know, provide more entertainment. I think a lot of things would shake up very different because, you know, there's a lot of teams that everyone's saying, oh, this is a trap game and whatnot, but it's really just, you know, a good team that may have had like a shaky start or they have the athletes and the capability and they just really go out there and perform well. So 
I've heard a lot of different things over the years, and there are people who think, you know, 11-game seasons, 12-game seasons are enough for a college players' bodies. And then you hear people talking about 14, 15, possibly 16. You're an O-lineman. You're getting hit as much as anybody and hitting as much as anybody. How many games can a college football player play before that's just enough? Uh, Well, I'll tell you this. A college football player, if they're – immature and not take care of their body and not listen to the older guys who try to teach them the way, they, they will not make it season. And the people who do take care of their bodies and whatnot, they'll, they'll be able to last a while. You know, it's not comfortable. I mean, my body definitely isn't comfortable right now. I got banged up, got injuries here and there, and, you know, that, that's not really a big deal. You, you kind of push through them. And that's what Coach always says. There's a difference between being injured and being hurt. You know, there's some things that, you know, are going to be sore and, you know, you can't really, really hurt. So, I mean, that's that's that's, that's what I should say. I'm hurt. Um, I have people, uh, places on me that are hurt. I'm not injured. Um, so, if if you're responsible and you take care of your body, you're gonna last a while. You can go, you know, 14, 15 games if you need to. Um, but if you're immature, you don't listen to your teammates, your peers, and your elders who are trying to teach you the way. There's a lot of people who don't make it this season. And that's pretty much the gist of that. Well, Nick, since we're making you commissioner of college football, how about that overtime rule? I mean, I think it's ridiculous to have that two-point conversion. It just doesn't make any sense. Play the game. How about you? Uh, uh, we won the overtime this year, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't even really looked into that rule. We've been into it that situation once. Um, I understand, you know, the NFL rule. Um, just because I'm watching NFL, but I understand that the you know the whole overtime in college football has changed, and I found that out on the fly uh, when we played San Diego State, and then no one else is. I don't think no one else really has looked into it that deep, um, which is something I definitely want to look into after season because I was so confused and I was like, okay, these are situational downs. Okay, I just go go out there and play that. <laughs> So would you go back to the uh, 25-yard line, four snaps? Did that work for you, or you got something else you want? Say that again? Would you go back to the rule the way it was a couple years ago where you got the ball at the 25-yard line and you had four downs? Oh, yeah, I like that rule. It was pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's basic football right there. You don't get the 25-yard line, go back and forth. <laughs> well, congratulations on the Rose Bowl, and little, allow a little time so uh, – you get healthy again, so that'll be that'll be a positive. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you when the Rose Bowl gets closer. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Congratulations, Nick. Thank you. Have a good day. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. What a dream come true for Nick Ford. Growing up in San Pedro, my L.A. hometown. It's not my hometown, but my L.A. hometown. You know, in the Rose Bowl, just... <laughs> That's the dream, and now they're living it. It really is, man. And to be living that dream and, you know, handing out roses. Kyle's wife came into the press conference with a bouquet of roses. I was able to run out on the street and buy some and give them to her. So she came in with that. They must have given it to her. But a bunch of people had the individual roses. Um, I, I wonder how much of it... I think people catch it here 
but how much of it is wow this is this is just incredible and i've spoken about it a million times on the air growing up in the phoenix area and then going my, it was my first year in california when i got the job and and lo and behold the devils won the conference i don't know how they did it and I, i'd be lying if i say i was a life and death fan uh, at the time, but I thought, well, okay, well, they're there. This is really cool. <laughs> you know, and I went and it was better than I thought. And I wasn't the hardcore. I mean, I didn't grow up in Phoenix. You know what I mean? I wasn't. You came to it later in life. Yeah. You weren't the seven-year-old kid listening to games on the radio. No, asleep. not at all. And, yeah. and my family didn't take me to games. Uh, although I, I did go to one ASU game. Uh, my first year living there because I didn't live with my parents right off the bat. I lived with my sister, my older sister. And so she all, and she couldn't have been more than 22 all of a sudden. But you know. she was grown up to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She might as well have been 40. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was always my older sister. And so they wanted uh, to, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a Jersey kid with a Jersey attitude I have a Jersey accent still, New York, which is basically New York accent, and I they my parents shipped me out because they had to wrap up things. So I I was living with my sister for several months before my parents moved out, and I don't know a soul, so I'm not exactly in the in you know the great situation here. Wondering what am I doing out here, and my parents aren't You're here. You're a total fish out of water. Yeah. So they take you to a game just for something to do and have some. Well, they fun know and... my interest. Uh huh. Yeah. And they even, they put a, my brother-in-law at the time was not a sports fan whatsoever, but he was really handy. And he put a basket in the driveway. He put mm-hmm. it on the, the roof. You know, they were trying to do stuff for me big right. time. And looking back, it was obvious, you know, because I love sports. He's the transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember going, I don't remember who played, whatever, but I remember going to Sun Devil Stadium as like a 14-year-old thinking, eh, this, this is kind of cool. I mean, but I was a big NFL dude, you know, not that I went to any NFL games. I didn't go to any NFL games. Uh, but so my point is, it's not like I was a hardcore live and die Sun Devil fan by any stretch, but I'm over there and they're playing 25 miles away and I graduated from the institution. So I thought, oh, what the heck? Plus, the sports editor got me free tickets. Nice. <laughs> he got me free tickets, a parking pass, and a media credential. It right? would have been pretty weird if he hadn't gone at that point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So my wife and I, okay, well, we went, and it was way better than I could have imagined. And I wasn't even the hardcore. So for you folks, I know you appreciate it, but I wonder if you really appreciate it, like somebody like a Nick Ford who grew up in that area. Because to me, this is the pinnacle. And I'm I'm the exception, I, I know that, but not quite, but I'd almost take the Rose Bowl over a playoff. But not quite. Not quite. But the playoff is you're voted. Nobody voted well, the Utes in. They gotta, freaking won it. So the the weird way this system works now, you've got a one in three chance of winning the conference and not going to the Rose Bowl because it's a playoff. You also have a one in three chance of winning the conference, like Oregon did, and going to the Rose Bowl because it is a playoff. Oregon beat Florida mm-hmm. State sure, sure, in sure. a playoff game in the three o'clock window on New Year's Day, which would be the best of the best. Yeah. And the Hammer now reporting he can confirm that Cristobal is gone. There it is. Of course, he also said Kyle was gone. 
Yeah. I think Cristobal should have waited a little bit because then the Utah job is going to come open according <laughs> to the hammer. He's going home to Miami <laughs> for a gazillion dollars. Yeah, but this is the place. <laughs> <laughs> Not for him. <laughs> Miami's a place for him. For Scali. <laughs> for Scali, this could be the place, you know. For Kalani, this could be the place. For Cristobal, this could not be the place. Okay. I heard multiple times when this Miami thing started going uh-huh. that Kalani will be a serious candidate in Oregon. That's got to make BYU fans nervous, but I think BYU fans are just going to have to be a little nervous and hope it works out. Well, it's a double-edged sword. You're only you're in only that position because you're winning. winning. Yeah. yeah. And when they go to the Big 12 and they're close enough, maybe that makes it a little easier to stay. But you never know. I mean, we can have all the assumptions in the world we want, but if we've learned anything watching the coaching carousel, we don't really know what's going to happen next. Well, And, and now, $95 million true, contracts sound normal, ah. but when we were sitting here a month ago, come on. And I, I, and I can report unequivocally that whatever Oregon offers Kalani, BYU will match. <laughs> I don't think you right. can. In spiritual blessings. In spiritual blessings. <laughs> In spirit dollars. But the but, blessings. Yeah, how about the cash? But if this is the kind of job, and if we, you know, we assume what the offer will be for Oregon, for whatever coach it is, this would be one that would, although it would suck, it would be easier to rationalize like, much hey, de- BYU sure, needs sure, to yeah. step up. But everybody accepts there's a level that they're not going to. And the teams on that level, Oregon's going to be one of them. Oregon's just out there printing money, and it's just silly money. I guess if they told them, hey, you can do whatever you want, but we've guaranteed your place in heaven, maybe. That would be a good guarantee to get. I'd still want the cash. I'd make heaven right here. You are such a mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. No, I'm you a realist. You want guaranteed? I am a realist. You want guaranteed heaven. It's cash. And, and enough cash to build heaven right here. But other than that... I want heaven, but I want it now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It is time right now to bring in Rod Rex, although I'm not sure Rod wants to follow that. Rod, do you want to follow that or not? What are you thinking? Well, that's a, that's a hard one to follow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So for uh, people who are looking to finance uh, homes or refinance homes, there are a lot of rules, and a lot of rules are changing. Explain to people what has changed, what's about to change, and uh, if this is the point you're at in life, there's a time you got to do this kind of stuff. Well, they're right at the point where everything's changing. Yeah. Speaking of getting the cash, this is definitely the time to get the cash uh, with mortgage rates just really excellent right now with still in the twos on that 30-year term, in the ones on a 15-year or less term, and with homeowners having record equity right now. I mean, in the state of Utah, we had an average home price appreciation of 30% last year. So everybody's got equity in that house, so you can consolidate debt get some cash out to do that remodel or do that addition you've been wanting to do. Uh, You can definitely tap into that cash and you want to do it now because rates are moving up next year. So we can get you in $647,200. That's the new conventional loan limit. So right now with all that home equity, extra low rates and those new high loan limits, you want to get that cash out now. 
So the freedom loan and your low rate guarantee, how does how do those two things change things for people? Yeah, so the freedom loan is absolutely one of our most popular products. And the reason being is if you go to your bank, your credit union, or any other mortgage lender and get a quote from them, call us, get a quote. We can get you a freedom loan that'll cover all of your closing costs at the same or lower interest rate than you're getting from any other lender. I was just looking at the two largest credit unions here in the state. Our rates are a quarter percent lower than those credit unions. And so that's why we can get you a no-cost loan, cover 100% of the closing costs. And that's also why we have that $1,000 lowest rate guarantee, just because of our freedom to go shop the best lenders in the country and deliver you the lowest rate and fees. If you want to get a hold of Rod and LendWright Mortgage and get more information for your specific situation, you can reach them online right now at LendWrightMortgage.com. You can pick up the phone and call 801-APPROVE, 801-APPROVE, or LendWrightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you, guys. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Fresh off a upset victory over BYU, in which UVU got the 72-65 to victory in overtime. Mark Matson, head coach at UVU. This win and, and this moment, where does it rank? Well, I just think it was a special moment for our players to be able to play in front of their families, their parents. A packed UCCU center. The student body of UVU, which was just, they rushed the court. Pandemonium was breaking loose after the game. The joy could be felt in the arena. And, and so it was special in that sense. And for me personally, you know, my wife and daughter were up there. You know, my daughter's four months old and her bedtime is 6.30 p.m., but Hannah, my wife, decided to bring her. And so just to be able to share that with my wife and daughter meant a lot for me personally as well. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Picked up by Garland. Head fakes, drives to the lake. Gobert swatted it. Conley, three from the right side. Swish, Mike Conley. No, offensive rebound, Gobert. Spins back the lane, goes to the rack, and absolutely packed it with a left hand of viciousness. And the Jazz lead at 109-106. Garland shakes it. Pull up mid-ranger, good. Eight seconds left, Garland resets with seven. Jazz by one. Garland dancing, fires, long three, no good. Rebound tipped around at the rim. Horn sounds, Jazz win. Jazz 109-108 over Cleveland. A total nail-biter, or as some people refer to it, a knuckle-biter. It went right down to the bitter end. Cleveland missed the last shot, couldn't grab the rebound. It was pinging around in the paint on the floor, and the game ended, and the Jazz get the win. Got big stops at the end of the game. Cavs missed their last three shots. Any one of them would have put them in the lead. They didn't get them to go, and the Jazz win. Gobert, she's an absolute defensive monster. More impressed with the five blocks or the 20 rebounds? Nah, the rebounds don't... I don't. No, I can't say they don't do it for me because that's ridiculous. But the way the team is constructed, he's got to get the most of the rebounds. Yes, I so, agree with that. He doesn't. And, there's nobody he competes with for a rebound. And, except in this game, and you always say the numbers are great. Now tell me the story behind the numbers because not all numbers are created equal. This is a game where you got a lot of six, ten, six, eleven guys playing at the same time for Cleveland. There were a lot of competitive rebounds. There are nights that the other team's dropping everybody to stop the break, and he's not competing with guys, but I mean and he grabs rebounds. Team. Yeah. 
Bogey's not a rebounder. No, I get that. O'Neal's That's all true. Decent for six four. But you're competing with the other teams, guys, and I think Cleveland's got yeah, the size you, to go but, rebound. Yeah, but if you box out, you've got a distinct advantage. But you're not going to get a clean box out every time. That would be the dream, but it just doesn't happen. And sometimes you got to battle, like they did on the last possession, where no one got the rebound. That was probably a team rebound because I don't think anybody had the ball and the clock went off. Well, yeah, but everybody was jammed up. There was no need mm-hmm. to worry about getting back on defense. Uh, and so. you usually have to work for the offensive rebounds. Those Once in a while you get an easy offensive rebound, but you don't tend to get a lot of no, them. He's a fine rebounder. I'm not going to... You know, 20 is a big number. But, but Wilt was averaging 30. <laughs> well, Wilt was also an impressive rebounder, and plus the shooting percentages were different. Did you know during the streak when they won their 33 games in a row, he once had a triple-double in which he scored two points? No, I did not know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Block shots? Or turnovers. That's no, where people oh, no, always no, make no, the no, jump. No, no, Block no, shots. No, no, no. Real, not a negative. Not, not a negative one. Yeah. Block shots, assists, assists and, and rebounds. Yeah. And I, I think he had like 30 in one of them. Uh, to me, and I don't even get excited about block shots because so many of your defensive stops and just ability to stop teams from scoring, it. You have to watch the game. If you watch the game, watching the game, watching the last two minutes of that game. I mean, I watch more of it, but I'm just focusing on that. Yeah, but you're talking about Mike Conley didn't block a shot, but he stayed between his man and the bucket at all times. Yeah, and guys know, I can't go to the lane on this guy. So he's in your head before you even attempt a move. Absolutely. Before you step on the court, your you game plan for him. Bear yeah. is there. You could see it with... Uh, uh, Garland doing he was and he was really fantastic doing the turnaround. He'd get in the lane and then turn around and fade away, a la Michael Jordan. Why? Because Gobert's there. So even when he's doing nothing, he's still intimidating and having an presence. He really is a phenomenal defensive player, and it's fun to see. All the glory goes to the scorers and all. But Gobert, the way I look at it, you know, what is your value to winning? That's where I'm at. His value to winning is high. Yeah, especially at the pro level. What's your value to winning? What do you do to help the team win? Well, Gobert does as much as anybody. And I can argue he does as much as anybody in the league. Not just to the team, but in the league. Hence all the Defensive Player of the Year awards. Recognizing his value to winning. Yeah. In Phoenix, they're running around. Mikhail Bridges should be Defensive Player of the Year because he stifled Steph Curry. I got a bone to pick with them guys. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to go to the gym today and listen to it. And for the two and a half minutes out of the four hours that they don't talk Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they know where their bread is buttered, and it's the National Football League. It's probably less irritating this year because the Cardinals are 10-2. and two. they got the best record in the NFL. They're not talking about some team with young guys that maybe could catch fire that's a couple games sure. under 500. Oh, yeah, two, which, deserve it. Which they were doing a few Best years ago. Best record in the league, yeah. Yeah, I once texted Ryan Hatch, who's the big boss down there. I am so sick of you guys talking to uh, who is uh, Mike Upati's backup. And he was like the offensive guard. I just, I can't handle it anymore. I'm out. <laughs> Especially when they're like four and eight. You know, you know what I mean? At least this year you're on to something. Yeah, and it looks like, well, certainly looks like they would make the playoff. They'd have to have an absolute collapse. So the Jazz win and open the four-game road trip with the victory. The Warriors beat the Suns Friday. Then the Warriors lost Saturday. So both those teams now on four losses. Jazz 
three games behind those two. They're nine, they're both 19 and 4 now, tied for the best record in the NBA. And the Jazz are 16 and 7, tied with the Brooklyn Nets for the third best record in the NBA. They're in a good spot. Still a long, long way to go, but they're in a good spot right now. Just continue to play and you know, seeding matters to an extent, but it's not like it isn't overcomable. Nor is it a guarantee of success either. But you know what you don't want? You don't want the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard coming back or something in the first <laughs> so, round. You know what I mean? Right. You want you want Memphis. Well, the games could be tight, but the four one isn't very tight. If the Jazz are going to hang with the Suns and Warriors in the way they've started, one becomes a little more valuable just because then you don't have the two killer playoff series back to back, presumably. And it's like you say, there's no guarantee that in a 2-3 series, one team doesn't dominate the other and blow through it. But looking at the West right now, it feels like who's ever won would have an easier matchup in the second round. And maybe they wouldn't. You don't know injuries, individual matchups, how teams are playing at the time. But right now, Memphis is fourth, and they're only three games over 500. But I could feel all sorts of positive if the Jazz finish third, if they're playing well. And the other teams just happen to play a little bit better. Because at that point, if they face, if they finish third and face Phoenix or Golden State in the second round, okay. You're playing well. We're playing well. May the best team win. Well, if it's two, it can only be better. If you want, you know, you, if you want to be correct. Well, ultimately, it'd be three. No, no. I was no. implying one. No, you weren't. You're right, I wasn't. <laughs> but I tried anyway. You, you, <laughs> BS a man. Once I came out of the womb and my little feet touched. Jersey soil. <laughs> that was it. So it wasn't the linoleum in the hospital. They had to actually hit the dirt. Right. Okay. Once, That's once important I to know. put my toes I in the know. dirt. I want to know biologically how that works. And I can't explain it. It's like obscenity. I can't explain it, but, <laughs> but I, know I know it when I see it. Yeah. You're a Supreme Court judge. <laughs> you can't BS a jersey, a particularly a North Chief Se- Justice Kinahan has South spoken. Jersey's a little softer. But North Jersey, you just can't <laughs> Wait, a minute. These Wait a minute. You've been telling us Jersey all this time. Now you're calling out half a Jersey. I am. <laughs> but if you'd been there, you would know. Those Philly Jersey folk are not as tough as your New York Jersey folk. They're not. Folk. They're not. <laughs> they, the and I spent a lot of time in both places because my sister lived down there. Uh, and that's the shore that I and went it, to. And it's got dialed down 5 or 10% when you went down there. Yeah, it, it, it's true. <laughs> and nothing against them. They're just a little softer. It's a different vibe like Southern California, Northern California. It's still California, but there's a different vibe. Not as quite, but yeah. Okay, but they're also further apart. For, that's that's where I was going. It's a solid six, six seven, seven hour hours, drive. Yeah, as opposed to two yeah. or an right. hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so there's some of the NBA stuff we were talking about. Uh, college basketball got totally uh, blotted out by college football. Weber State stayed undefeated, 8-0, and the Utes got a win in the Pac-12 to beat Cal. You know what I thought was funny? Uh, and I actually watched it a little bit Saturday night. Um, Alabama beat Gonzaga. Yeah, I know. Gonzaga got a second loss in three games. And it was, uh, I think it was in Seattle's. Uh, I think that's where they played the game. And after the game, there was a kid, I think, was waving. Alabama kid was waving to the crowd. You know, they do that nonsense and whatever. But the kid's name is Britton Johnson Yeah, for Alabama. <laughs> so did you text Britton Johnson? I didn't. Oh, it, you should have. But it was spelled, oh, traditional. The Johnsons, our Johnsons, have the E at, at the and end of it. And this was S-O-N. Yeah. And yeah. they're S-E-N. Yeah. yeah. All right, the big football news. Alabama. 
looking so vulnerable game after game and looking very vulnerable against Auburn. Did they get like 10 transfers? What happened? Because that team, that was dynamite. Those guys, I don't know, something about December, Bama gets a lot better. They weren't that good in November. Absolutely dominant. Bryce Young looked like uh, as good a quarterback as I've seen in college. I mean, just a singular game. Yeah. But man, he looked awesome. Picked up where he left off in that last drive. He didn't look great against Auburn, but that last drive in regulation against Auburn, he got it done, going 97 yards. He looked overwhelming. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. We are brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air. Home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioner. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. The new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. I hoped it would be. Guys, Minky Couture wants to help you out this holiday season with the perfect gift, he says, ignoring PK. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. Guys, it's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. You okay? Yes. Were you just messing with Jake out there? <laughs> Still entertaining yourself? Yeah, big time. You get all defensive, man. Jake and Ben are coming up next. It's the constant personal attacks. That's how you do I it. I know, but I didn't even do it this time, and he just went on. I didn't. There's. I hit a sore spot that I didn't even know existed. Now that I know it existed, I'll hit it more. Lots of talk about bowl games. Good bowls, bad bowls, big wins. Greg says the Utes' domination of the Ducks was a work of art. Rising, stiff-arming Sewell to the turf was a symbolic statement of the season. Go Utes! Sewell, who's going to transfer to play with his brother next year? <laughs> you ready for the uh, Nakua Brothers Part 2? Yeah, it wouldn't be two going. I saw on Twitter that Samson was down in Vegas, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, Puka was down there, too. Of course they would be, man. And of course, why wouldn't they want those guys to win? He played on the team. He went to play down there for his bro- with his brother. And he's, he didn't harbor any animosity towards Utah. It was dumb. That was a controversy a couple weeks ago, and it was stupid. Tom says, uh, BYU agreed to play in the Independence Bowl before the season. They screwed themselves. Well, they also agreed to an out to get into a New Year's Six before the season. I don't think that they screwed themselves. I think it was a decision that they made to go independent. They had to go independent back then. They knew the bowl situation was going to be shaky at best, and it has been shaky. And, you know, Utah was playing in the fight craft hunger bowl. So let's not go crazy here. It just so happens that this is the year they're going to the Rose Bowl. And the very year that they lost to BYU, which is all sorts of, I don't know, ironic's probably not the right word, but 
The good thing about it is for the Cougars is it's coming to an end. Go yep. ten and two, uh, and you get in a good bowl game. But Baylor, what's Baylor playing in? Uh, what's 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 Baylor's bowl? Sugar. Yeah, sugar because they won the thing. And how about Grime Dog? Way to go! So Going to the Sugar Bowl to play Ole Miss. So happy for him. He's a great, great guy. I've known him for years, and he deserves an opportunity to be a head coach and. And maybe it'll happen with Aranda moving on at some point. I don't know. Or maybe he'll have to move on. Dana says uh, all this ranking stuff, imagine slide, ha-ha, just wait. If BYU pummels UAB, the Cougars will finish top 10, maybe even higher. They moved them down so they didn't have to deal with putting them in a different bowl game. I don't know that, that those two things go together. They could have just put them higher and not put them in a better bowl game. Yeah, that's not the the ranking focus. Doesn't not, lock you into anything. And they're not responsible for bowl situations. Is is that bowl that much different than the one in Phoenix? Yes. The Fiesta Bowl versus no, the no, Independence no, 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 Bowl. No, 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 not the Fiesta Bowl. No, the other guaranteed bowl. Oh, <laughs> yes, no. Well, you said the one in Phoenix. Oh, yeah, but that's in Glendale. Okay. <laughs> that's why the burbs I, matter to the locals. To me, is all just. I Phoenix. got it. I got. It. I should have been. More I, I drive from Scottsdale to Tempe. I don't even know. I understand. I, I, I'm sure I crossed some street and it changed. But Scottsdale I don't know. Road. Well, once you get into Phoenix, it's uh, the Tempe. It's called rural, but then when you pass, it's called Scottsdale, which okay. I don't understand. It's the same. It's the same road. It's just slat of changes payment. names. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know why they do that. No, I meant that that other bowl, not the Fiesta. Oh. I mean, you got me. Uh, that's um, it, probably a little better. I mean, it would have been a little better for fans to go. There's fans in Arizona who would go. But sure, as far as the I'm quality of the, the opponent, only a little. Not, And as far as the national recognition, zero. Hey, Shreveport, they've got a ton of Chick-fil-A's and Waffle Houses. And I just looked it up. Their, their stats for the crime rates are just through the roof. Like 149% higher than the national average. All right, Cougar fans, watch where you go. Watch what you do. <laughs> Apparently there's and crime everywhere. in 2007, they adopted a saggy pants law, which... 14 years ago. How's that worked out? I don't know. I haven't followed it up. I just did a little, quick little Wikipedia because a friend of mine made a comment. He texted me, well, like Lavelle said, it's better to lose in Shreveport than win in Pasadena. And then he said, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> so I had to give him some positives about Shreveport. Oh, and go. that was a negative. I didn't realize there was. But the weather's, weather's nice. I mean, the average high in uh, December is like 60. So probably going to get some decent weather. Well, at that's least, good. At least, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's nothing better than turning on a bowl game and seeing the snow swirling. Well, nothing worse is what you meant. Sarcastically, yes, no. that is what I meant. So if you do happen you're to not, go, you're not going to Fenway or Yankee Stadium and really rolling the dice. That's right, where Virginia's playing with Bronco Fenway. Who, who are they playing? They're playing SMU without Sunny Dykes. Ah, oh, the Methodists and the Mormons. I like it. One coach gone and the other coach on his way out the door. Oh, we'll uh-huh. see if Bronco can run his record to one and one in those situations. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time to... Bring in Rod right now. He's been with us all morning long. Rod Rex from 
Lend right mortgage, and the rules are changing. Mortgages, it's a lot of money, and I think most people, our heads just spin. But you do it all the time, so that keeps you a little more grounded. You're following the rules. They're changing. What do people need to know? Yeah, the thing you need to know right now is we can get you a conventional loan limit. Uh, those just got increased by almost 100000 so the conventional loan limit for 2022, which LendRight Mortgage can get you today and close it before the end of the month, is $647,200. So last year was about five fifty, dollars uh, so we had a, almost a $100,000 increase. So instead of doing a jumbo loan, in that range now you can get a conventional loan with a lower rate and fees the other thing you want to do is equity is at record highs for all of our homeowners here in utah so there's no better time to tap that equity before rates jump next year and get that cash out to do the debt consolidation pay your home off sooner pay off credit card debt, auto loans, or get some cash out to do the remodel or home addition. So now's the time to act because we still have fixed rates on 30-year terms in the twos. And if you're looking for a 15-year or less, those rates are still in the ones. If you want to get a hold of Rod right now, you can find him online, LendRightMortgage.com, or on the phone at 801-APPROVE. 801-APPROVE or LendRightMortgage.com. Rod, thanks a lot. Thanks for letting me be with you today. DJ PK, we are out of here, and Jake and Ben are coming up next.